0: Welcome to PwC's Tax Reform Readiness Webcast Series. This podcast is an excerpt from PwC's Tax Reform Readiness Webcast Series held on February 14, 2018, addressing the impact of U.S. tax reform on operating models. The panelists for the webcast were Ken Kuykendall, PwC's Tax Services Leader, Alex Velashko, a PwC tax partner focusing on value chain transformation, Christine Saliba, a PwC tax partner focusing on transfer pricing, and Rajiv Jetty, a PwC advisory partner focusing on business transformation, specifically around supply chain changes. This podcast excerpt consists of a discussion between Ken and Alex on the core components of tax reform and how companies are beginning to look at some of the changes to their business.
1: Alex, I'm gonna come to you first, maybe just to stage set a little bit for everybody. Um, a lot of changes have come about as a result of reform. We've talked about a lot of them here on the Tax Reform Readiness Series, but maybe um, boil them down into just some components that will help guide the rest of the discussion would be helpful. So, um, how do you see the changes and what's your reaction to what how clients are starting to compartmentalize or look at some of the changes that have come about? Sure, Ken. Um,
2: overall, obviously the changes in the U.S. Tax law, tax law are a big, big deal. The biggest tax reform since 1986. Um, and after the whirlwind of really the past several months, the companies are just now turning attention to the impact these changes have on their broader business operating models. The, I would say the overall impact so far um, from a U.S. multinationals perspective has been very favorable. Um, reduction in the headline corporate rate, opportunity to outright expense, certain capital investments, uh, incentive provisions um, allowing to take accelerated deductions for executive compensation, among the provisions that the U.S. multinationals really, really like. Um, As we look at this chart, um, there's a couple of other provisions that the impact of which is maybe a little bit less certain. Uh, Let's take a quick look at just the key core elements of the U.S. reform. And as the rest of the panel discusses, we can then begin to overlay, how do you think about these provisions, both from the above the line, business operating model strategy perspective, as well as from the perspective of a chief tax officer. a quick reminder uh, on, you know, the, um, the U.S. tax reform uh, provisions may fall into these three core buckets. One is foreign earnings repatriation. So this is a provision that allows companies to access the earnings that have been historically reinvested offshore in exchange for a one-time, um, in essence, a toll charge, um, a tax liability that's out on those earnings. Um, the The impact of this is obviously you know very favorable from a liquidity perspective. A couple of questions immediately come to mind, and people are discussing at a boardroom level. Number one is how quickly can we can we get the cash and This is something that is a little bit counterintuitive because on one hand the restriction on accessing the earnings have been lifted. On the other hand, you still have to navigate a lot of challenges from regulatory treasury management, withholding tax perspective, et cetera. So that's one thing that people are really turning their
1: attention to. Hey, Alex, on that point, there there is a disconnect that I sort of see out there in, in the business community as we're dialoguing with people. So I definitely am running into these instances where there is a perception at the C-suite of organizations that I'm now going to pay the toll charge. There's no restrictions on me accessing that cash. So I can use it for whatever I want, and how do I access that? And then us all sitting here as tax professionals and looking back and saying, well, wow, yes, the U.S., incremental US tax has been accounted for here but there's a whole lot of other restrictions that are out there yep. and a lot of other US tax considerations to think through. So as organizations are thinking through, you know, the topics we're going to talk about today and capital to drive operating model changes, just recognizing that there there's still restrictions on trying to access this cash that are natural in business.
2: That's exactly right. It's one of the probably immediate misconceptions that many companies have about, you know, can we have those that, that cash yesterday because chances are we already have you know, seven things that we want to spend that money on, as Ken you're alluding to, you still have to deal with, you know, like how do you extract those earnings from from China and how quickly can we get them back and other restrictions on, you know, cash from regulatory, you know, foreign exchange requirements, et cetera. Yeah. So something clearly to be navigated. The, the second thing, um, as companies are looking at, you know, what appears, you know, obviously to be favorable impact of being able to access that reinvested cash is. How do you spend it and what is what is the right way to invest it to increase return to the shareholders? And the panelists here will talk in a minute about some of the interesting trade-offs. You know, on one hand, pressure to return the cash to the shareholders. On the other hand, conflicting priorities, you know, whether you spend it on growth, whether you spend it on enterprise productivity initiatives, whether you build, you know, capital uh, equipment capacity and in which hemisphere. Those are all the kinds of questions that people are wrestling with. The second uh, core element of the of the U.S. tax reform is U.S. domestic changes. And as I mentioned, this is probably the area that's been the most favorably received, certainly by U.S. multinational community. Reduction in the headline corporate tax rate combined with allowance, um, basically opportunity to expend capital, expense capital um, investments. Um, Also more favorable provisions related to deductions for uh, executive comp, as well as certain provisions limiting um, interest deductions in the U.S. um, on debt financing U.S. company. Those are probably the key features of the domestic changes that will be relevant to this discussion. Um, A couple of questions that immediately come out of these provisions and are being debated uh, in some of the dilemmas that ensue. Number one is... On balance, does that mean U.S. has become a lot more attractive to make investments? And in many cases, the answer is yes. And in some cases, the trade-offs are less obvious. We'll talk some more about that. And then the second um, area that the companies are focusing on in light of these domestic changes is: is there an opportunity here for us almost immediately begin investing in capital infrastructure in the U.S. in particular, take advantage of the expensing provisions? And if yes, what impact does it have on the overall global manufacturing footprint, for example, supply chain, et cetera.
1: Yeah, and and we'll talk to Rajiv a little bit later about this, but you're already seeing some companies start to react to that. Uh,
2: And then the third uh, element of the tax reform is the cross-border changes. Uh, And this is where basically introduction of a number of rules trying to either introduce parity between investments and operations in the U.S. versus offshore, as well as a number of provisions aiming to limit opportunities for base eroding um, U.S. FISC. And the examples of those provisions we've talked about in the previous webcast in great detail, but they include the global intangible low tax income, the guilty provision, the base erosion and avoidance tax, BEAT, which applies to certain payments to related parties outside the U.S., as well as some other you know, anti-hybrid and other provisions. Um, that's really that combination of we're calling it sort of a carrot and a stick provisions in the new law that really try to uh, increase attractiveness of operating in the U.S. while trying to discourage disincentivized companies to operate in particular in jurisdictions with, you know, lower tax rates or maybe, you know, just generally um, outside the U.S. The the impact of these provisions, as I mentioned in in the introduction, is a lot less certain. The one thing we're seeing is the results of how these provisions apply are very counterintuitive. And the one thing we're finding is you really need to model the impact of these provisions at great detail. Each of these interrelate to one another and interact in ways that a lot of times is surprising and counterintuitive. So as we are faced with you know chief executives and chief operations executives you know answer, asking questions, you know should I be building my next plant in the U.S. Should I be changing my commercialization model? Should I be changing the way I serve customers? Um, take advantage of these provisions. The answer a lot of times is you really need to model it to understand the interplay of these provisions.
1: Yeah, great point. And great job sort of summarizing the changes here. I, I think it's foundational to the rest of the discussion that we're going to try and have here.
0: This podcast is part one of a three part series featuring excerpts from PWC's Tax Reform Readiness webcast series held on February 14, 2018. Please check the other episodes in this series and be sure to stay tuned for future episodes as well. If you would like further information about these topics, please email the participants whose email addresses can be found in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening.